Amen. What an awesome preaching by the brother Devin. Uh, the text tonight as I get set up is 1 Samuel chapter 25 verses 30 and 31. 1 Samuel chapter 25 verses 30 and 31. Uh, like Devin said, it's always a privilege to stand here and preach to each and every one of you. Thank you for taking the time to be here. Your presence is uh, really appreciated. Um, let's get into it. The title of the sermon uh, I'm preaching tonight is, uh, I title it, Godly Perspective. Um, the story is, just a bit of a background, is about um, this couple, Nabal and Ab Abigail. So, um, King David at this time is running away from Saul. So he's running in the wilderness with his uh, mighty men. And um, he encounters um, this man, Nabal. He's a wealthy man. He encounters he, um, his servants. And they're watching his sheep and um, his shepherds. And um, in the wilderness, like it's always a dangerous place when you take your wealth around at that time. And um, David made it an intention that nothing ever happened to um, the shepherds and um, all this man's wealth. But um, there came a time where it's called a sheep shearing time. And this is like a festive season. And um, in this time, the owners of the flocks, they, uh, uh, they shear off the she she uh, sheep's uh, wool, obviously. But uh, they invite guests and um, they share the food that they have with um, um, the poor people and the outcasts in that time. So when David heard about this, he sent 10 of his young men. He sent 10 of them to this man Nabal, and he, he requests, because of the kindness that he showed to his shepherds in the wilderness, he requested if uh, there was anything that this man Nabal had that he could give to these 10 young men, uh, it would be really appreciated. But um, 1 Samuel chapter 25 Verses 10 and 11, uh, we see Nabal's reply. And Nabal, this guy is a, sort of a mean guy. And uh, his reply to David is, uh, to the young man, sorry, is, Who is this fellow, David? Nabal sneered at the young man. Who does this son of Jesse think he is? There are lots of servants these days who run away from their masters. Should I take bread and my water and my meat that I've slaughtered for my shearers and give it to a band of outlaws who come from... Who knows where? And um, when he says this to these 10 young men, um, these 10 young men go back to David and they tell him what's, um, what this man has said. And this causes David to be really, really, really angry. And um, he's on his way. He tells his men, gear up. We'll go and kill this guy and every man in his household. You know? And um, the text that we're about to read is um, this man Nabal, his wife Abigail. Um, through the text, you'll see that she's a, a faith-filled woman, and um, we'll get straight into it. Um, so David is on his way to kill every man in her household, but she decides to meet him halfway with what he requested. Um, and um, when she sees him, uh, she says, verse 30, When the Lord has done all he has promised and has made you leader of Israel, don't let this be a blemish on your record then your conscience won't have to bear the staggering burden of needless bloodshed and vengeance. 
and then the Lord has done these great things for you, please remember me, your servant. You know, and the first point I want to point out tonight is in our text is just like David, each and every one of us, we have a promised destiny. You know, the Bible says that before we were even born, that God has a plan for you and I. You know, and uh, let's go back to David. We know the destiny that he has is he's been anointed already by Samuel the prophet, that he will be the next king of Israel. But in this time, he's running away from Saul because Saul is trying to kill him in the wilderness. And similarly to us Christians today, you know, we all have a calling upon our lives. You know, Jesus has a calling for each one of you, no matter how high, or sorry, no matter how high, but no matter how old you are or how young you are, God has a plan for you. But many times, just like what David's encountering, the devil throws in those spanners in the work that cause you to be distracted, that cause you to get angry, you know, and cause you to talk, to doubt God, you know, and you start to question. Why didn't I get that miracle? Why didn't I get that ministry? You know, but Jeremiah 29, 11, God reaffirms to us is that, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for, you, for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. You know, and the question I want to put out as I finish this first point is, you know, are you going to allow God to do what he said he will do through you? You know, because many times in order to get the jewel out of you and I, you know, we need to go through some pressures in life, you know. And um, the Bible says that Jesus, uh, God said that what he starts in you and I, he will finish. You know, many times it's us that sort of stall the work of God in our lives because of our decisions, because we don't choose to obey his word. We just choose to sort of uh, be like Javaris. <laughs> um, secondly, the potential blemish. My second point is verse 31. Listen to Abigail's um, words. Don't let this blemish be, be on your record. Then your conscience won't have to bear the staggering burden of needless bloodshed. You know, from this verse we can see that this doesn't need to happen. You know, he doesn't need to go. Out, maybe it was out of emotion. Um, you can understand where David's coming from. He's shown kindness to this guy, his um, assets in the desert, and this is the way he, um, this man chooses to treat him back. You know, on the account of uh, Nabal's servants, they say, these men have been very good to us, and we never suffered any harm from them. Nothing was stolen from us the whole time they were with us. You know, so you can understand that David didn't expect this was the outcome that Nabal would the way that he treated and the way that he spoke, that Nabal would treat him like that. He was expecting that at least something would come back out of this. But when this happened, this caused David to be really, really angry. And to add to this, this wasn't done directly to David, it was done to his boys. You know, he sent 10 of his young men. You know, and you can imagine, as men, you know, if you get humiliated in front of your boys, you always want to retaliate, thinking that, you know, they got your back and you want to show this guy, oh yeah, you want to do that to me? I'll show you what's happening. So you can understand that David's made a sort of emotional decision, you know. In um, verse 13, David replies, get your swords, was David's reply as he strapped on his own. Then 400 men started off with David and 200 remained behind to guard the equipment, you know. And we can all understand as men, sometimes you let things get into our heads. And then we overreact. 
you can imagine if David went ahead with it. If he didn't encounter Abigail on the way there, and he went and he killed. For the rest of his life, as king of Israel, he'd, he'd have to live with the fact that he killed, he shed innocent blood. You know? And um, one truth and one testimony that's, um, that's really applicable to me is that, how do I say this? Uh, you can't play around with girls and expect it not to affect your conscience. Because it's your conscience. It's my conscience. You can't outrun your conscience. And uh, one day it might be someone else's wife. And you didn't need to bear that burden. But because you refused to exercise self-control, now becomes awkward. And uh, this is something that really hit home and got, uh, got my attention. Because of um, I, my history and my testimony. But I'm grateful to God that um, through these texts, He's uh, encouraged me through um, having a better perspective, a godly perspective of everything. You know, and um, let's look at my last point, which is blessing in perspective. You know, David, David was mad at Nabal, like many of us would be if we were in his position. And he's out for blood. But what I want to, like, go into is Abigail's response. You know, when Abigail heard from her servant that this is what her husband had done, she immediately responded in verse 18 and 19. Abigail wasted no time. She quickly gathered 200 loaves of bread, two wineskins full of wine, five sheep that had been slaughtered nearly a bushel of roasted grain, 100 clusters of raisins, and 200 fig cakes. She packed them on donkeys and said to her servants, Go on ahead. I will follow you shortly. But she didn't tell her husband Nabal what she was doing. You know, and like Pastor Bourne preached this morning, you know, even before she met David on the road, she had already put in place a plan. How she was going to approach, you know, what was she going to do, what she was going to say. So similarly to us as Christians is we don't wait for the problem to appear in front of us. Then we decide to make plans. Um, you make plans way ahead in advance. You make plans how you're going to respond when the devil throws a curveball and causes you to be distracted. When the devil throws some, um, some people, you know, anything. You know, the devil custom builds um, a temptation for each, each and every one of us. You know, and uh, Pastor always uses this quote. Failure to plan is planning to fail. You know, and uh, are you putting safeguards in place? You know, are you, do you have brothers that will actually call you up if you are starting to sleep away? You know, and if you're not, I encourage you. You know, Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verses 9 and 10 says, Two people are better than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. The second part of Abigail is her humility. You know, verse 23 says, When Abigail saw David, she quickly got off her donkey and bowed low before him. You know, through the text, if you read it over and over, you can see through Abigail's words, through her actions, and through the wisdom of the words that she used, 
she's not only a woman of faith, but she believes. She knows that David's been anointed the next king of Israel. You know? So she continues. She continues to um, say the words that will cause David to listen. You know? She says words like, When the Lord has done all he promised and has made you leader of Israel. You know? It hasn't happened yet, but she's speaking faith. We can see God's hand in these situations. The Bible does not lie. Proverbs chapter 15 verse 1. A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. You know, Abigail's humble and gentle response saved her, and not just her, her whole family, and all the men in her household. You know, and let's look at the perspective from David. You know, David is able to exercise mercy in front of all of his men. You know, he doesn't have to um, overreact and kill everyone and have innocent blood on his hand. And also, through Abigail's humility, he's able to change his perspective. And listen to what he says in chapter 25, verses 32 and 33. David replied to Abigail, Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who has sent you to meet me today. Thank you for your good sense. Bless you for keeping me from murder and from carrying out vengeance with my own hands. You know, you can see that David realizes at this time, you know, that if it wasn't for this godly woman, that he would have probably made the biggest mistake of his life. You know, and further on, I know, uh, I was thinking that Nabal deserved what was coming to him. But um, as I read on, in verse 37, 38, um, his wife Abigail tells him what she had done. Verses 37, 38 reads, In the morning when Nabal was sober, his wife told him what had happened as a result of as a result, he had a stroke and he lay paralyzed on his bed like a stone. About 10 days later, the Lord struck him and he died. You know, but what I wanted to point out of that verse is, why did, the, why did God let him live 10 days? You know, and we see from God's perspective, each and every one of them in this situation was valuable. He even put value on Nabal's life. I would have, if I was... Uh, in that time, and I was God, I probably would have just don't give him a chance to repent, you know. But God gave him 10 days, and I believe God gave Nabal 10 days to repent. And just like each and every one of us, you know, sometimes um, our pride gets hit. Sometimes we go through stuff that causes us to fall back, you know. But God is giving us heaps of chances. I know I had heaps. You know, I've only been saved quite a short while, but whenever I look back, at my own life, you know, I recall moments, um, I shared this earlier with the boys, but I recall a moment where I went out with a couple of my workmates, got drunk when I was supposed to be the sober driver, and um, like, I wake up the next morning and I'm in my lounge. You know, I look up at the ceiling and I think to myself, how the heck did I get home? You know, and my sister and my brother-in-law are sitting there and then uh, I ask them, so how did I get home? And they said, oh, your mate came and he asked uh, my brother-in-law to come and help lift me into the house. And they threw me on the couch. But I thought that was it. So I go, go to work on the Monday and uh, I meet the guy that dropped me home. And I was talking to him and I said, bro, what happened? And he goes, bro, I looked around for you in the pub. I couldn't find you. So I thought, all right, I'm going home. I get to the car and you're lying on the sidewalk. With At the time, I didn't have my residency. I had my 
phone and wallet in one hand. I had my passport and I had, uh, I, I don't know, and he said, you were just blacked out on the sidewalk, you know. And uh, he was laughing at me at that time, but I knew in my heart, you know, the first thing I said, and I wasn't even, I wasn't even saved, I said, thank you, Jesus. Because I knew someone was watching over me. Anything could have happened. And that's just one of the many things that has happened to me. And when I look back now, I realize that God had his hand upon my life the whole time. You know, and I'm so grateful, like uh, Brother Damon said. But each and every one of us, doesn't matter what you've been through. Just like Nabal, sometimes we need to go through a stroke to realize what we've gone through. And <laughs> for us to realize and go... <laughs> God always gives us chances. And uh, I know you say that God has taken chances, but I probably misused that <laughs> hundred million times. But that's all I have for you. Can we have all heads bowed and eyes closed?